Amazon Books, your weekly program about great reads through book talks, trailers, and first chapters. Presented by Mrs. Winningham and Mrs. Kovach. Hi, it's Mrs. Kovach. Today I'll be reading from the book, How to Disappear by Sharon Hussbrot. Vicki Decker has mastered the art of hiding in plain sight, except from her best and only friend, Jenna. But when Jenna moves away, her isolation becomes unbearable. So Vicki invents a social life by photoshopping herself into photos and posting them on Instagram under the screen name Vicarious. But as her online followers grow, the clearer it becomes that she isn't the only one who feels hashtag alone and hashtag ignored in real life. As Vicky realizes that she must find the courage to face her fear of being seen because only then can she stop living vicariously and truly bring the magic of vicarious to life. Chapter one. Standing by my locker, I can already feel the sweat circles forming on my t-shirt. Nobody can see that, I assured myself. Not through the enormous sweater I'm wearing or beneath my nearly impenetrable wall of hair. Still, I pull the drab yellow knit away from my armpits. My mother took one look at me this morning and managed not to mention what she probably was thinking. That I wouldn't win any popularity contest dressed like a giant blob of Dijon mustard. Instead, she joked, are you in there? And kind of paused while spreading the gray poupon on my sandwich. Her eyes flitting between the jar and my sweater. She's subtle like that. And I'm perfectly aware that this is not my best color. It doesn't make my hazel eyes pop or help me stand out in the crowd. In fact, this particular shade of brownish yellow is a perfect complement to both my hair and the painted block walls of our school, which is exactly why I'm wearing it. If the dare I'm about to attempt goes badly, I'm able to blend into my surroundings and disappear before anyone notices. My best friend Jenna is making me do this. We were FaceTiming last night from our respective bedrooms, mine in our usual place and hers very far away in the state of Wisconsin, where she now lives. Her mom got a really good job there, so their family moved there mid-August, a couple weeks before the start of our sophomore year. I'm worried about you, she said. I leaned out of the view so she could see my cat named Cat, spelled with K, curled into a tabby fuzzball on the bed. It's been two months. Jenna put her face extra close to the screen and whispered, have you spoken to anyone in two months? I speak to you, I said. A real person? You're not a real person? You know what I mean. She tipped her phone sideways and propped it up on a dresser, giving me a panoramic view of her new bedroom, which I hated on principle. A real live person? Not your parents and teachers don't count. I tried to think of the last time I spoke to someone at school, aside from mumbling sorry when I got bumped into or whispering bless you when a kid next to me sneezed. For pretty much as long as I can remember, Jenna had been the only person I ever really talked to. When it comes to communicating with anyone else, she's always spoken for both of us. Even if someone directs a question to me, I hesitate and she jumps in to answer. It's just the way we are, like how I always tied her shoes for her. I was better at it and she never really learned. Now she just buys shoes that have buckles or zips or they slip on and I don't talk. All you do is say hi, said Jenna. That's how we became friends, right? You said hi and the rest is history. I was five, I said. I didn't know any better. 
She laughed. So pretend you're five again. You're sitting cross-legged in the grass, chewing on a popsicle stick, when a girl with tragically unfortunate bangs walks out of the house across the street. She looks like somebody cut her hair with a machete. Say hi to the poor thing. I sigh. It's not that easy. You know how I am. Her face fills the screen again. I know exactly how you are. That's why you need to do this or spend the rest of high school alone and miserable, hiding in the bathroom, probably. She did know me. So I promised to, to say hi to somebody at school today. And the somebody I selected as the recipient of my greeting is Haley Bryce. Her locker is right next to mine, which regularly puts her within earshot of whatever sound I can force from my vocal cords. I won't have to go out of my way to approach anyone. I clear my throat to make sure it's still working. And that's when I spot Haley's gloriously perfect dancer bun gliding down the hall towards me. Immediately, my pulse is pounding in my ears. She reaches her locker, squats down to enter the combination. It's not really a squat, though, what she's doing. The proper term is a grand plie, which I learned from her Instagram, which is composed entirely of ballet photos, mostly of herself on point in various locations where you normally wouldn't find a ballerina, in a tree, on the beach, against the backdrop of urban decay. I don't follow follow her as in I haven't clicked on follow button or anything, I'm more of a lurk in the shadows kind of girl, not in a creepy way, more of an admiring from afar. I wish I could be like this sort of way. So she's there squatting down next to me. And all I have to do is say that one tiny word to fulfill my mission. I'm not even asking myself for a full on hello or anything insane. Like, how are you? Just hi. Haley glances up at me. One of her beautifully curved eyebrows arches high on her forehead. And she's waiting because I'm staring. I know I am, but I can't seem to stop or move or otherwise behave like a normal person. Her brows pull tight in a B-shape and her head tilts slightly to the side. Did you say something? She knows I haven't said anything. She's just being nice. I throw my eyes to the floor. Forget saying hi. It's all you can do not to hyperventilate. She sighs, stands, clicks her locker shut, and pirouettes down the hall. Wait. Okay. Maybe she just walks. But in the ballerina way of hers, toes pointed, feet out. I watch her go, exhaling the tightness from my chest. There's a moment of relief as my fear subsides, but it's quickly replaced by the feeling I like to call the I suck. One simple thing. That's all I had to do. I dragged my gaze to the interior of my locker to the photograph of me and Jenna typed on the back wall. We're standing arm in arm and I'm wearing her peak dress that's too tight, but she insists fits me perfectly and we're smiling with all our teeth. I touched the picture because it helps. I don't know why. Only seven hours ago, only more seven hours to go, and I'll be on the bus home texting her. I'll confess my failure. She'll still be my friend. She told me so when she moved away that she wouldn't let distance come between us. We'll finish high school, graduate, go to college together, be roommates, just like we've always planned. I close my locker and head towards my first class, concentrating on not tripping or getting slammed by a backpack or poked in the eye with a drumstick. The latter is a realistic threat because Adrian Ahn is walking in front of me, twirling an actual drumstick. Adrian is the official rock star of Edgar H. Richardson's high school. He's in a band called East 48. They're good, like mosh pit diving, band screaming, their heads off good. Not that I've seen them in person, but they post videos on YouTube. He's part Korean and he dyes his long hair a darkish red color. Today, he's got it twisted in a messy knot with a pencil poke through it. Nobody else could pull that off, but Adrian looks amazing. My eyes are glued to his man bun, not buns, though they are certainly worth looking at. I wonder what would happen if I yanked that pencil out of his hair when he suddenly spins around, throwing a stick in the air and does a 360 on one heel. I come to an abrupt, 
halt so that he's not going to crash into me. But the kid walking next to me doesn't. He knocks right into Adrian and pushes him away with the drumstick that's currently soaring through the air right from my face. My hand shoots up to grab it. Whoa, Adrian says, regaining his balance. Good catch. I blink at the drumstick clutched in my outstretched hand. OMG, I caught Adrian's drumstick and he's speaking to me. This is my chance to talk to somebody. Somebody who spoke to me first. Hi, I blurt out. It's the only thing I can think to say. I guess because I spent the morning rehearsing it and working up the nerve to say it to Haley. But I know immediately that it's the wrong thing to say. So of course I say it again. Hi, Adrian laughs. Hi to you too. We stop in the middle of the hall. Kids jostle me as they step around us. Can I uh, get that back? Adrian tips his chin towards the drumstick in my hand, which I'm still holding up in the air like the Statue of Liberty. I quickly push the stick to his chest. I, uh, yes, here's your drumstick. I caught it. Self-defense, of course, totally. You could put an eye out with that thing. But here you go. All yours now. Happy to be of service. Oh, my God. Happy to be of service. Did I actually say that out loud? The word spew is an occasional side effect of never speaking to anyone. It's like my brain stores up every ridiculous thought I've ever had and then projectile vomits it all over the place. To make matters worth, I cap it off with a cheerful, go forth and prosper. Adrian laughs again. You too, Spock. I decline to clarify that I wasn't quoting the Vulcan who actually said live long and prosper because my brain has thankfully gone into complete lockdown and we are swept away in a group of students. This is why you can't have nice things, Vicky, like friends or conversations. Instead of continuing to my world history class, I duck into the nearest girl's bathroom trying to tamp down a sudden wave of nausea. I don't succeed and heave into the toilet, holding my hair back with one hand and settling, steadying myself on the toilet roll dispenser with the other. One of the girls I dash past on my way in says, ew, and scurries out. I flush and stare in the toilet bowl, which is now clear and filling with water. A knock on the stall door startles me, and I see a pair of red Converse high tops on the other side, the yin and yang symbol sharpied onto the rubber soles. I love the symbol. Jenna and I first discovered it the summer before seventh grade and adopted it as our own secret code. We doodled it everywhere, signed our notes with it. We downloaded a custom emoji so we could text it to each other. We even got temporary tattoos of it once and swore we'd get real ones when we were old enough. The wearer of the yin and yang converse says, you okay in there? Fine, I called out too loud. Why am I shouting? You sure, said the girl. Yes, I whispered too quiet now. I sound like a freak. I wasn't always this bad, or maybe I was, and just didn't realize it until Jenna left. It's like walking on a balance beam. While someone's holding your hand, you're perfectly fine until suddenly they, they let go and you can't move. The girl in the red converse hesitates before pivoting and heading out. I wipe my mouth with toilet paper and flush again. It's too late to get to class on time, so I take a disinfecting wipe from my backpack. I always have a supply on hand and clean the toilet seat where I'll be spending the next period. The bell hasn't rung yet, but with, with it will any second. And the thought of rushing to class after the bell makes me want to hurl again. Being late for class is very high on my list of stupid everyday stuff that now terrifies me, AKA the terror list. It's a mental list I've been keeping since the beginning of the year. I add to it whenever someone makes me nervous or embarrassed or want to disappear. The list is long now that it's become a sort of game for me to remember everything on it, like trying to name all 50 states. The list includes starting conversations, walking into class late, making eye contact, assigned seating, having to choose my own seat, saying something stupid, getting called on in class, 
finish, finishing a test first, finishing a test last, group projects, individual presentations, the cafeteria, eating in front of people, gym class, and sneezing in public. I can now add catching drumsticks to the list. Also, not catching drumsticks. Either way, that's going to anything that can be humiliating will be added to this list. 